What is up, my people? Welcome to Fellowship Bible Church's Sermon Spotlight, where we're coming at you each and every week with a fresh service to debrief in an effort to send biblical truth. And what better way to do that than the power of conversation? My name is Mark Francis, and this is not Caleb Pearson. I am in the hot seat here today. But believe it or not, I have not been in this podcast booth in about four or five weeks, and I'm excited to be back. So Good to have you back. I'm glad to be here. And we've got a fresh face also. To my right, to your left, to the audience watching at home, we have Ben Sanford with us. Yeah. How are you, Ben? I'm doing well. Thanks for having me on. We're looking to get fresh perspectives here, and uh, and you are a fresh I'll do what face. I can. Absolutely. So, and then to my left, to the audience right, is Mark Carey, our senior pastor, back with us once again. Yep. Yep. Back to pick what brain I have. Pick the brain we have. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Well, you've always said, what is it like? Uh, Fog, fog in the pew, or, or yeah, mist in the pews, and fog, or fog in the pews, something like in that. The pulpit or... yeah. Well, we're the we're the B team of Sermon Spotlight podcast, so you know, to me, it's just like we just throw hail marys the whole time. We just run around like crazy and see what happens, <laughs> see what happens. you know, and uh, yeah. the audience will love it anyway. So. Yeah. You know, thank you guys so much for being a part of our podcast. You know, we are getting more and more interaction with you guys, and it's exciting to to hear your thoughts, hear your questions, hear your perspectives. So keep it coming, and uh, we'll give a shout out to Caleb and Alicia who are not here, and you'll get them next week. But Ben, I just want to turn to you because, again, you are a fresh face, a, a new perspective here. Share with us kind of just where you've come from, what's your background, and how long you've been at FBC, and just quick... Who are you, and why are you here? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fair enough. Fire uh, away. So I've been going to FBC for a little over a year now. Um, been on staff for, man, since May. I don't know how many months that is. And what does on staff mean? What what role? On staff. I, uh, yeah. I am uh, the production assistant for the worship ministry, so I came through... Um, uh, I graduated from Moody Bible Institute uh, about a year and a half ago, and then came directly to do the mentorship program at our church. So you were um, grilled by all the pastors. Grilled, yeah, by all. Went through the ringer. Yep. Okay. This guy was one of the main ones. It's a very long audition process, <laughs> but I guess I passed. So they uh, hired me onto staff shortly after that, and uh, I've just been enjoying the time getting to know everybody. And, and you also serve in the weekends sometimes too. You play some instruments. Yeah. yeah. I play drums and guitar and vocals a little bit here when needed. So you grew up, you grew up in a kind of a missionary family. Your folks right. were with New Tribes Missions. Yeah, and uh, yeah, Your yeah. dad taught at uh, the New Tribes uh, Bible College there for, yeah, I still actually does. Got to, he, well, he does. And, and I got to, um, when I was going through that Bible school, he was, he was one of my main teachers. So it was fun to hmm. be a part of that. And my all three of my siblings were going through the Bible school at, at the same time as I was. So it was just a really cool, um, just special time to yeah. be all there. Neat. We we really appreciate Ben uh, on our staff and on, uh, in our presence. And yeah, great guy. Got to get that young perspective too, you know? Get, we'll call you the hipster millennial here the in, the, in the room. The millennial. Yeah. Fair enough. Fair enough. <laughs> well, I do want to turn to you first before we kind of uh, really dive into this week's sermon. Ben, I just wanted to pick your brain because this is your first time here. You know, we've been in the book of Romans since January. Um, it's been a whole year and, uh, you know, what a year to dive into Romans. Mark has taken way too long. Oh, no. Yeah. You know, <laughs> trust us. You know, we've, we've been longer. <laughs> But so what has been really the th key thing that stood out to you, not just from this past week, but just for overall for the book of Romans, what kind of key thing has been really harping in your brain? What has the spirit been teaching you? 
That's a great question, and it's a difficult question, I think, because there's so much content in Romans. And I mean, we joke about being in it for a year, but I feel like four years isn't even long enough to, you know, dive into the weeds of it. And so <clears throat> I think the thing that has stood out to me the most, though, is as as the Lord is communicating through Paul, I, I just see this theme that um, what he desires is a relationship with us so much so that he communicated very clearly, here's where you were. Hmm. And then here's what I did for you and where I brought you. Here's the practical application of that. And I think that what that does for me is, uh, give me a a rest, a a reliance on, um, or a call to reliance on the Lord and a hope that man, we can have abundant life here and now, um, not just looking forward to future glorification, but that he's provided for daily life now. Yeah. I think that's just really uh, been a central theme for me. That's neat. And and what a what a neat thing to be thankful for, to mm-hmm. have to have the spirit, to have his presence, to to know that we can rest. Right. And here we are in this week of Thanksgiving. And even and in, and from my worship leader, worship ministry bent, you know, I like looking at the entire service and, and recognizing that the entire service is something to really be, you know, reminded of the gospel. And and we we dove into kind of a recap of Romans. That's partly why I wanted to ask that question. We we prayed through kind of some key truths of Romans and right. and and just spoke to God of this is our thankfulness mm-hmm. to Him, and I, I appreciate that. It was that. very significant. I thought um, again, creativity and worship. But it, 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 it uh, if you were participating, I hope you were. You were able to engage um, your heart, your your mind, your your vocal cords to to express um, those wonderful little thanksgiving um, mm-hmm. sections throughout the Book of Romans, and it. Uh, yeah, I thought it was very and, meaningful. And take it home. I mean, as you're with your families this week, you know, take a moment, go back and, and pick out even just one of those truths and wrestle with it as a family. Talk yeah. about it, pray it through, you know, at the Thanksgiving table, whether you're just with one person or by yourself or with the whole family, you know, what can we be thankful for? Mm-hmm. And we of all people have the most to be thankful for. Yep. Right. Yep. For sure. So turn into that. I mean, you know, we each and every week we do... Uh, remember what God has done for us. We want to celebrate, but a key component is to give attention to his word. And Mark, that's where you come into play because you, of all people, can unpack it. So I want to turn to you first, Mark, and it, what 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 thoughts kind of really stood out? We don't want to reteach the sermon here, but is there something that really, kind of the key question that Cable asked that we left on the cutting room yeah. floor Well, want to look at? In, in trying to... Um, I, wanted to st- I wanted to step back uh, this past weekend and... And pick up again with chapter five, but understand this um, um, this overarching goal that God is desiring of us, and that is proven character. It's to to hmm. be um, uh, found in Him, um, complete. And um, so Paul in chapter five, verse uh, three and four, talked about um, uh, th- th- this goal of of. Uh, how tribulations and and suffering brings about endurance and perseverance, and that leads to proven character. And this Greek word dokame, this uh, having been tested and found proven, um, and so so that God is purposeful in His um, orchestrating and ordaining things in our life because He wants to build that into our life. Um, 
And so suffering and tribulations and uh, those types of situations that come into our life are designed to accomplish that. If we don't have that perspective, if we don't have that ultimate understanding, that goal in mind, well, we will complain. We will we'll tr- we'll do everything we can to get out of the suffering, to get out of the trials right. and tribulations, and not realize that's what God is using. And so, when we come to chapter eight, his uh, his point, I think, as he was saying, is, and and starting in verse eighteen, all the way through the rest of the the chapter, through verse thirty nine. There are these four, what I see uh, kind of breaking apart that chapter, four encouragements that he's giving us yeah. so that we will persevere in the suffering, so it'll have its ultimate goal. And and the first one there is uh, realizing that the, the, the suffering we're going through can't be compared to the glory that is yet to come. So it was encouragement number one is to have the future perspective, mm-hmm. which keeps us on track uh, you know, if you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. Well, the aim here is keep your eyes t- to the prize. Keep yeah. understanding what's coming ahead. And that will encourage us in the midst of the suffering now. So that's kind of where yeah. the whole flow was. I got to ask you, I mean, the Greek word dokume, is that, am I saying that right? Yeah. I mean, it seemed like you almost had fun looking that up. I mean, you go through and unpack where else is that found in scripture, you know, made a couple references. Is that a kind of a... I mean, Paul obviously has kind of constant themes that he writes to many people. You know, Romans is one of them. You know, you went to, uh, was he even First Timothy, I think? Right, and right, Second right. Corinthians. Second Corinthians. And so right. it kind of is a natural progression at this point of his writings that he's like, guys, there's suffering happening and, right. and, and we need to be approved. Yeah. Kind of what else do you think we needed to learn from that word and really unpack that you didn't really communicate this past week? Well, good question. I, I, and again, when you do word studies, it's it. Sometimes you you may not know is this um, it, is this an important an, of of enough concept that you want to delve into it more? And you may find well, it leads to a dead end. Of course, this is one of those words that. Um, as it's tied to perseverance and trials, you, you realize, oh, wait a minute, there's a lot said here. And then you you delve into it and you realize that, um, again, the, what, what comes out in it is the purposefulness, is the intentionality of, of, of what God has in mind. So it's testing to be approved. Hmm. Approved workmen need not be ashamed, the second Timothy, uh, first, first Peter 1. Um, of going through those trials so that the proof of your faith, the testing of your faith, or, J- or James 1, 12, um, again, to, to, to be approved. The, the point being, um, God cares of, of that we're, Christ-likeness is being formed in us. I mean, we're, we're just not born and placed on this earth and then the gospel is sure and we become a Christian and, okay, now we're twiddling our thumbs until we get to he- all get to heaven. You know, when we all get to heaven, what a day of rejoicing that will be, as the old hymn would say. <laughs> well, yeah, but guess what? There's going to be greater rejoicing for some than there is for others. Yeah. And and because of, of uh, you know, fulfilling the, the God's purposes for our life here and now. Mm-hmm. And so this is the testing ground. This is the proving ground. Eternity is the rejoicing. It's the it's living in light of that. But this little speck of sand of time that we live here in the ocean of the sands of eternity, this little speck of sand that we're living here now is incredibly important. Yeah. It's the proving ground. 
And so I think that concept of, of dokame, of, of, of being tested and found to be genuine and of, of value, um, is it sums up what the Christian life is designed to, to be. And it's important to highlight that it's not being approved to be a child of God. No. It's not being approved to, to meet the criteria. It's no. not being approved to... To get to heaven. Right, to, because Jesus already was approved. Yes. And and so justification is our life hidden and, and found in his approval. Sanctification is the process of us being approved. Mm. Neat. But what Paul is saying in Romans, what's so valuable about Romans 5, 6, 7, and 8, is that that approval process, and I was trying to review that a little bit, that whole approval process, how... How we get there is not based on our efforts or our own good works or our own, um, you know, um, what, 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 what we bring to the table. It is only based on our appropriation yeah. of the resources that he gives us. And that's why Paul is spending all this time in Romans chapter 8 talking about 19 times the, the Holy Spirit. Mm. He wants to get us... The Apostle Paul wants to open our eyes and get us to the point of seeing the value of us being approved, a living a life of approval, and to then look at our circumstances of life and see, oh, how, oh, that's designed to actually accomplish that. But then also gives a point of helplessness to say, but I can't get there on my own. <laughs> right. And so, no, of course you can't. So right. Romans chapter 8, it's the Holy Spirit. So here are all these tools and all these blessings of the Holy Spirit that he gives us so that we will stand one day before him approved. Now, our part is to appropriate that by faith, mm. is to walk by faith. And not every believer in Jesus Christ is going to do that. Mm. And that's the concern. Right. I, I love, I wrote down, um, you said in your sermon, proven character is the life of Christ manifested in our lives. And you connected it with First um, Peter 1, 6 and 7. In this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you've been distressed by various trials, so that the proof of your faith being more precious than gold, which is perishable, um, even though tested by fire, may be found a result in praise and glory and honor mm. at the revelation of Jesus Christ, which is exactly what you're saying. And I think that there's... I, I again, going back to that theme of, of rest and hope that... I saw, I think that's in Romans 5 too, that proven character brings <laughs> hope and hope does not disappoint. And I think that it's important to highlight that that hope and that rest in, in, um, in the midst of suffering is available to us now <laughs> in our daily lives. Yeah, it's crucial. Now, think back in those days as Paul's writing this, you're dealing with people who, um, uh, early Christians that... Uh, are being persecuted by by Jewish elements. In fact, in the first century, the, the Jews persecuted the Christians more than the Romans did. But they're coming on the in, as he writes this writes us to the people in Rome. They're they're about to experience some really intense suffering. As mm. Nero is, yeah. uh, so Paul is writing to people who, in an instant, may may have to flee their home with nothing more than the shirts on their back. They'll lose everything, and. Uh, it, 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 the context, I, I'm sure as Paul is writing this, people are just paying great attention to this because they're living it. Again, in our society, in our American culture, you, we can better ourselves. I'm not worrying about escaping my home with the shirt on my back. I mean, and, and so the intensity of, of uh, maybe paying attention to this... Yeah 
hasn't reached the level that it may one day reach here sure. in this country or in and the Western world. Can you bring that into our context in daily life now, because we're not experiencing that persecution, what kind of what kind of suffering then are we are we dealing with here, that the, to where we appropriate these things? You know what I mean? Mm. Because we're not. There's a certain element to where I could be discouraged that well, yeah, I I'm not in a position to be able to. Yeah. Well, Paul in, in Corinthians talks about his. Uh, um, uh, shipwrecks and his beatings. And, and then he says, and in addition to all this, just the daily concerns of the church. Mm. Well, that means just daily relationships. And we have daily concerns about our families, mm. about our loved ones, about uh, fellow believers. Uh, anytime you're in a relationship with someone, if you're desiring to see them grow in the Lord and run the race with endurance... Uh, I mean, we have nine grandkids, and you know, we, we pray for those kids, and they're little, or you know, and some in their teens, and um, there, there's a concern, and those are daily concerns. Um, how, how are we going to respond to that? Uh, our, our own children, or so it just so it can be relational. It can be, uh, of course, this body of sin. It can be the struggles that we have. Well, you, in you, the started, you started the sermon with that that there's there's suffering that occurs because of our own sin, right? And then there's suffering that happens, you know, outside of our control. You know, something that's just coming to mind right now. There's the difference of suffering and persecution. Also, mm-hmm. and and so where we stand here with this passage is it seemed like last week that there is a little bit more of conversation about the, kind of the persecution concept of suffering, and that you know if indeed we suffer, and by the way, how you choose which passages to unpack and and, and choose each week has got to be so challenging. Which which I know you you do the review to to catch us up to speed, but yeah. I really appreciate that because. Without it, <laughs> we're out of context. Right. But back to my train of thought, the concept of suffering versus persecution. Yeah. And, and where is Paul really going with this passage, do you think, um, in well, light of that? Well, you know, going back to the first Peter passage that, Ben, you talked about, Paul does say, um, you know, in this you greatly rejoice, even though now for a little while, if necessary, you have been uh, distressed by various trials. And that word various means really multifaceted. So it, there's a... There's a uh, plethora mm. of, our, of ways to be uh, to suffer, mm-hmm. and and uh, so your question is going back to the Romans right. passage when Paul talks about ex- we exalt in tribulation. Yeah, um, yeah. I think I think it's I don't think it's um, improper to say he's got a full spectrum. It's a broad concept, so it's just part and parcel of living in this fallen world. And then living in this fallen world as a believer, then that adds another whole layer of complexity. But also just probably the struggles and tribulations that we have related to our own flesh, yeah. our own, um, the world, the flesh, the and the devil. The fallen world. Is, is We're under spiritual attack yeah. every day. And how do we respond to that? It makes me think of the, the point that we're looking at uh, Romans 8 still in verse 22, for we know that the whole creation groans and suffers the pains of childbirth together until now. Here we are, a bunch of guys talking. <laughs> and, and Mark, I know you referenced this, you know, how dare we men <laughs> just right. unpack the pain of suffering of childbirth. But it's a, it's a, it's an analogy that is... 
I think, applicable of the pains of suffering of childbirth that goes into this, that was just this groaning of creation, this groaning of us being here in this fallen world. And you're saying it's a speck of time. Yeah. It's a valuable speck of time, but it's also just a small speck of time to then release to the joy. And you know, rejoice. and it really is interesting that the older you get, you'll experience this, Ben, one day, the <laughs> older you get, the more you long, what it talks about long waiting eagerly. Yeah. Uh, and, and I think that's part of what aging and what, you know, it, it, in one sense, maybe it's a blessing and a grace of God. Uh, when you're young and you got a lot ahead of you, I mean, you're 24 years old, right? And, and uh, I mean, you got the whole world ahead of you, it would seem. I, I mean, I, I'm sure you don't want it to end soon, <laughs> but uh, <laughs> you know, the, really, no. not really. No, <laughs> yeah, you, right. you got a lot of fun things to experience yet. Um, at 65, um, look, I, I'd be happy if the Lord came back or if I go home to heaven. And I know like w when my mom was 96 and she was groaning in the mm. sense as a 96 year old saying, you know, like, why am I still here? Lord, what is your point? You know, he, you could have, you know, he could have taken her home 20 years earlier and she would have been happy. Mm, mm -hmm. So, um, yeah, God, but, but that's part of the grace of God too. If, if he gives you that life and long life, yeah, you're going to groan and you're going to groan actually louder the older you get. <laughs> but it also is greater opportunities to um, lay up treasures in heaven. Yeah. It really is yeah. because you, you, you can live and run the race with endurance until that race is over. But don't you have to say that the point of that analogy is not necessarily focusing on the suffering, but it's to the hope to the future and the rejoicing. Yeah. You know, our community group talks about lots of things, and we did kind of hone in on a little bit of this kind of childbirth analogy. And Jesus in John 16 uses a similar analogy. He says, whenever a woman is in labor, she has pain because her hour has come. When she gives birth to the child, she no longer remembers the anguish because of the joy that the child has been born into the world. Therefore, you too have grief now, but I will see you again and your heart will rejoice and no one will take your joy away from you. So there's this, this hope that, and that's where Paul's going with the passage also of yeah. look to, don't just look in the here and now, don't look no. at the suffering and the, the agony that, yeah. yeah. And if he's, if the, either the events of the world or God ordained um, suffering or whatever it is, strips away anything that we may put our hope in this side of heaven, mm. that's, that's good. So we can exalt in our tribulation because get that all stripped away, it's producing a perseverance and ultimately, again, achieving the goal of, of uh, proven character. Yeah. And, and that's where that hope is going to flourish then. Um, strip it all away. And uh, the, the problem, again, oftentimes in, in our Western context is uh, um, we keep adding to our... <laughs> uh, to our blessed life. And we, oh, you know, if if this happens, well, then I can, I'll, I'll buy that to compensate or I'll get this or this new medical procedure or whatever. Um, and yet God has creative ways and it's always in love to bring us back down to the reality is my only hope is what he is producing and what's yeah. yet to come. So. Yeah, which back to your point of the rest and just how free we have, because A, we have the Holy Spirit to lead us and guide us. And I want to bring this up a little bit too, of just the Galatians passage that we keep 
kind of referencing of mm-hmm. the fruits of the spirit. Mm-hmm. But that first fruits concept is another analogy that's that's there in Romans. And and I was wondering if you were willing to unpack that a little bit more because there's well, this idea you you mentioned a wagon of fruit, you know, yeah. and kind of the Old Testament concept of you know bringing your first fruits to the Lord. And yeah. how does that relate to the spirit? Well, in verse twenty three there of Romans eight, that's uh, what you're uh, alluding to. Right. He talks about. Um, not of this, but also we ourselves, and it's almost a throwaway comment. We ourselves, we who have the first fruits of the spirit. Mm. Now, here's a little technical thing: first fruits of the spirit. Is that an object? In the Greek, it's a genitive. Is it an objective genitive or a, 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 a more of a, a, a nominative genitive? In other words, is it is this is the the first fruits? Who is the first fruit? Who is the spirit? Is he our first fruits, uh-huh. or is it the first fruits from the spirit right. that he gives us? Okay, and I, I think it's a bit ambiguous, and okay. it can be both. So he is the first fruits, and we know that in in Ephesians chapter one, hmm. um, that uh, it says in verse uh, thirteen, we've been sealed down payment, right. right? Sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise, who's been given to us as a down payment mm-hmm. of our inheritance. So he's the he himself is the first fruits is the down payment is the first wagon load of the harvest. But can you look done. at it as the Holy Spirit has other things to give us that's for it. eternity, and that that's what it. we're experiencing now that's is right. just a taste. It's exactly right. Of what's to come? The old hymn, "Blessed Assurance, Jesus is mine." Oh, for a foretaste mm. of glory divine, mm. and uh, I'm an heir of salvation. You know, so th- there you go. You've got that. Um, so, so I think. For the, at least for the Apostle Paul, and hopefully for many, many Christians, and for us too, the experience of the Holy Spirit in our life um, should cause us to, to think, wow, this Christian life is amazing, mm. but we haven't seen anything yet, mm. because it's a, simply a f- the first fruits, it's yeah. the down pain. Mm. If, the, if we're not experiencing the vitality of the Holy Spirit in our life, this, mean, is, this is meaningless. Right. And that's what's sad. And that's what this conversation is all about. You know, we're, we're looking to unpack the scripture, but also how does it apply to our lives? How can we make it relatable and, and to where we're seeing the fruits of the spirit, to where we are experiencing and are aware of it? What kind of what kind of thoughts did you have, Ben, as far as just how do you apply some of these deep truths yeah. that are here from Romans? I Man, I think a lot of the application to some degree is a perspective shift to where what you see with Paul as he talks about suffering, is um, is view your suffering in this way. In a sense, I, our community group is going through Philippians, and um, in Philippians one, he is he's talking about okay, in his imprisonment, the gospel is still being um, is still being uh, uh, communicated and furthered, and he's he's saying that some people are 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 preaching the gospel out of spite for me and, and selfish ambition for themselves. And some people are preaching it out of love for me, but what do I care? Cause the gospel is still being preached. And I think you see that kind of theme through all of his epistles and especially in his, um, approach to suffering that the, the central, uh, uh, um, object in his perspective is, is Christ. And so I think as we, as we come into, um, situations that trials, suffering, anything like that, I think that there's uh, a point where we need to step back and say, okay, well, whatever is happening here 
as tough as it is, the Lord is allowing this. And so we now have the opportunity to, mm. to partner with him in the suffering, to suffer with Christ and to view it as, man, ultimately this is for, for the end goal of, mm. of proven character yeah. and for hope. That's, that's living life in the moment, but also with that eye, it's the dot in the line yeah. that yeah. we've talked about. Yeah. And it's, it's, yeah, that's the kind of perspective that you see all, all the time in Paul. By the way, in Philippians, I, as you mentioned that, I just love that section at mm. the end of chapter one where Paul says, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel so that whether I come or remain absent, I hear that you uh, are standing firm in one spirit and with one mind, striving together for the faith of the gospel and in no way alarmed mm. by your opponent. But mm. that little phrase, only conduct yourselves in a manner worthy, and then he unpacks it. It's a word that means it, it came out of the ancient Roman culture of of um, of citizenry as of of a Roman as a Roman citizen mm. so uh, and he's writing to Philippians who were uh, Roman they were Roman citizens yeah so he takes a a, a a term from that culture act like a Roman should act or act conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of who you are not as a Roman but as a believer in Jesus Christ. Mm. Um, and, and then he says in verse 29, why? For to you, and but back up, I mean, these guys are suffering and, and Paul's in prison as he writes this stuff. And, you know, you can start chewing your fingernails now to a nub because of, oh no, these bad things are happening to me. Right, right. He says in verse 29, for to you, it has been granted. And that's where we, same word we get our word grace. Mm. To you, it, you have been graced for Christ's sake not only to believe in him, and how many of us will not say, wow, what a wonderful, blessed gift to, to, to be able to believe in Jesus and go to heaven. Man, that's a wonderful gift. But he said, it's not only been granted to believe in him, but also to suffer mm. for his sake. Mm. So he, been yeah. graced to suffer. Grace to suffer. How could Paul say yeah. that? Because he had this perspective that we're seeing here in Romans 8, and it, it permeates all his writings. Yeah, that's great, though. And for me, personally, to apply it, I, I just... My, my prayer is to be more aware mm. and just to be more aware of the spirit of my life when, you know, you look at the, the deeds of the flesh versus the fruits of the spirit. I want to become more aware and sensitive to the spirit to where when I'm not walking the spirit, I want to be quickened quicker <laughs> to, to get out of that fit of rage or to get out of that selfishness or to get out of that prideful thought. Yeah. I, and I want to be more aware and in tune with the spirit when there is love in my life, when there is joy in my life and, and appreciate it. And, and to say, this is the rest that God has been promising me. And, and, and sometimes I just go through each day and I'm not in tune aware. And, it, and again, it's in tuning your mind, That's it. right? To the, set your mind and things above. That's it. And, and so that will then allow the, the walking in the spirit to become more natural. Yeah. And then I think then, I think and I hope that it allows you to become more aware that God is working in your life. And so that's my own personal prayer. And that involves, it's the, as someone once wrote, it is the spirit of the disciplines. Mm. I mean, it you, discipline yourself for the purpose of God in us. So in order to have that mindset, it, there are certain disciplines that we do need to inculcate into our life. Mm. Um, I think of, uh, in terms of application, it's yeah. like what Paul wrote, his very last letter to Timothy in 2 Timothy, and he says, um, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. There's the call, suffer hardship. And then he says, uh, no soldier in active service entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. 
So, I mean, fellow Christians, uh, are we entangling ourselves in everyday life? Sure, we live in this world and you have to, Paul said, don't get entangled in it. And then he says, um, uses the second analogy, verse 5, also, if anyone competes as an athlete, he does not win the prize unless he competes according to the rules. And then the third analogy, the hardworking farmer ought to receive the first, um, uh, receive uh, his share of the crops. Uh, so this, 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 um, you know, soldier and this athlete and this hardworking farmer, those are all pictures of what the, how the Christian life should be lived. I mean, we got to take it seriously, uh, mm. and and put a, put a, uh, focus our minds. Consider what I say is, and then what I love is the the application in verse eight is he just says, "Remember Jesus Christ risen from mm. the dead." Mm. What so you, talk, you know after talking about yeah. the soldier you know and the the hardworking farmer and the athlete and and everything that we're talking about of running the race with endurance and not being entangled and and being living this how do we do that? Oh, remember the Lord Jesus Christ risen from the dead, mm. and that's actually where Paul goes uh, yeah. in Romans eight as well. That's neat. So. Well, wet our appetite. That's kind of what's happening. So we're going to stay stay in Romans eight yep. for this coming week. And then uh, making a little bit of a shift for the Christmas season. Uh, yeah, yeah, we are. We're you know the incarnation, uh, the coming of yeah. Christ, and many times in the gospel accounts, Jesus will say things like, "For this purpose I came," mm-hmm. or uh, so he's telling us why he came to Earth. So we're going to spend four Sundays. Um, and look at some of those phrases of why he Good. said, I came. Yeah. Uh, so we'll put a little bit of a pause in Romans 8, but it'll yep. be exciting to come back to it, the new year, to remind ourselves of what the, the truth of the end of Romans 8. Well, like. I was hoping to get through all, all of <laughs> Romans 8 before uh, we started the Advent season, but there was just too much in here to sure. try to... So we'll get back and finish Romans 8 in January. Well, we appreciate that. Uh, and again, slow down as, as slow as you want to go. Let's let's dive into so it. So much. Yeah. There's so much in here. And that's why people are listening to us here too, to get even more, just just, yeah. just dig into the word and, and unpack it. Well, just as we're talking about the future and what's to come, just a couple of quick thoughts here at Fellowship Bible Church. We're right around the corner um, from Follow the Star. And, uh, you know, just really continue to be in your, uh, in your prayer um, for that, uh, prayer for what that is going to look like. It's something a little bit new for those of you that haven't experienced Follow the Star in the past. You know, it's not... Uh, going to be at the battlefield. It's here on campus. So there's just some things that are going on. So just be in prayer for the teams of people who are putting that on, but also be in prayer for those that you can invite. Um, we want to put a call to all of you people listening to say, man, bring a friend, um, invite a neighbor, hang out with them before or afterwards and have those conversations about the gospel and uh, the good news of Jesus coming to the earth. So follow stars, December 5th and 6th. There's still some opportunities to serve and to sign up, so go to the website, the homepage there, fbcva.life has the button to push, and you learn all those things. Um, Then I do want to highlight Christmas season. You just kind of gave a little bit of a sermon tidbit of what's going to happen, but um, Christmas Eve, we are going to be having in-person worship services, and uh, it's going to be exciting. Four different ones out there, 11, 1, 5, and 7 on Christmas Eve, so we're asking you to save um, a seat. Um, It's not a specific seat, but we just need to know how many people are going to come to which service, so it's going to be important for you to just let us know. There is children's ministry available for two of those time slots, so go to the website for those details. Yeah, the last thing we want to see is massive people come like we always see. And having to turn people away because of uh, our requirements for uh, yeah. spacing and, and all that stuff. So 
it's just really important that you go online and and pick one of those hours, one of those yeah, times. Let us know. Let us know, and um, and then write it down so you don't forget which. <laughs> are we going to come in eleven or one? Yeah, put in your calendar. I mean, I I would probably say one and then show up three times. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> well, you make sure you push your button of which one you're going to come to, Mark. You know. Well, and then, that'll remind me. <laughs> I don't know. Well, yeah, should. So I got to write it down. We'll have to see. Good, write it down. <laughs> put it in your... for the IT people. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, so that's that's something just to be aware of. But invite people to Christmas Eve as well. You know, I don't know how many churches in town are going to be having in-person Christmas Eve services, and we just want to have as many people as possible. You know, we want to present Christ and have people come to know Him. So, Christmas Eve, December twenty-fourth. Put it down. You know, and and just by the way, thanks again, guys, for your continued um, conversations and dialogues with us. Go to um, our website for all the show notes, however you're listening or watching to us, YouTube podcast channels. Keep it up, and we're excited to come at you each and every week. So the fact of the matter, guys, is that sermons are not meant to take an hour, but rather transform a lifetime. So until next week, much love and God bless.